Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. One, two, one, two. All right, here we go. It's a brand new Flyers Daily for the 26th of May, Friday of Memorial Day weekend. Can't believe it's Memorial Day already. Summer is just about here. Draft not that far off at this point, about four weeks away. And in this episode, we're going to be talking with the man who makes the decisions on the Flyers roster with the help uh, of a good supporting cast. It is Flyers general manager, Danny Breer. I had a chance to catch up with him on Wednesday, and here's what the GM had to say. It is Flyers Daily, and we're talking with Flyers general manager, no longer interim general manager, Danny Breer. Danny, how are you? I'm doing great, Jason. Thank you. How's it been you know, since the interim tag's been removed and no more speculation on who's who and what's what? <laughs> yeah, not not much has changed, honestly, other than uh, as far as me is concerned and my title, not not much has changed as what I was doing. Um, the big change was uh, having Jonesy around uh, mm-hmm. now, so that's, uh, that's really exciting. Um, but, uh, you know, from the get-go, I said I was, um, I was acting and, and doing moves or, um, you know, day-to-day stuff that as if I, I was the, the GM in place. Um, so basically, I'm just keep on rolling at this point. What, going through the process last summer with Montreal being a finalist for that position, first of all, how different was this process than that? I imagine it was quite different because you were here. Yeah. But, and going through that last summer, I imagine, made you feel a little bit even more comfortable this year. Definitely, it helped. Um, but it was, um, you know, in Montreal, it was different because I was an, an outsider. Um, I didn't know much about their players. uh didn't know much about the staff involved. Um, you know, where I felt with the Flyers being on the inside, knowing all our staff, knowing all our players uh, personally um, made, made it a lot easier. Um, coming in and having to speak about them. Um, I, I've been in it now for the past four or five years, I've been really close, but I was always, even before that, really close to the Flyers organization. So, um, you know, it was a, a little bit more of a walk in the park, you know, talking about um, the players here and, and the staff here. You know, in sports, a lot of times in business and just about anything, you know, if player X is playing in city Y, it doesn't mean that success is going to happen. Sometimes it's the people that you're surrounded with. And one of the people that you're surrounded with, we mentioned Keith Jones, and we'll talk about him in a second, but is Dan Hilferty. And, you know, Dan is a guy that I get this sense in hearing him speak that when, you, when you're going to work for him, you go immediately, I'm going to learn a lot from mm-hmm. this person. Tell us about Dan Hilferty in your own words. L- learn a lot, um, and, and you feed off his energy, too. Um, it's it's um, pretty amazing. You, you talk to him. Um, he's got so many ideas, so many things he wants. You, you can tell just by talking to him that he, he thoroughly cares a lot about the Flyers. He cares about the, the city of Philadelphia. He cares about the community. Um, you know, and that's, uh, that's been pretty amazing at dealing with him every day, um, talking about different topics. Um, you know, and he's, he's interested in, in the direction we're going and what, what we plan on doing. So um, it's been a lot of fun. I've, I've Really looking forward to building that relationship with Dan. With people like that, sometimes you'll be in a meeting with them or you'll be talking to them and they'll say something and you go, and you're thinking you won't verbalize it, but you go, and I wish I would have thought of that. 
Yeah, <laughs> you know exactly. I, mean? like, I didn't think of it that way. Yeah, and and I mean, we had a meeting yesterday. I'm not. I can't say exactly what the topic was, but this, one of those moments happened just yesterday. Um, you know, he's he's not afraid to think outside the box. Um, his energy, and, and you know, the the people that know him. Um, you know, when I I go out to restaurants uh, uh, or I meet different people around town, um, you know, everybody has such a, a high opinion of of Dan, and and I totally understand why uh, now. You know, one of the, the things that you're tasked with, and Dan is to some extent, and Keith Jones, is bringing the Flyers back into being one of those really desirable locations mm-hmm. for NHL players to play. I know there was an article that came out about a year ago on The Athletic that agents had the Flyers ranked as the second or third most desirable place just for, like, even little things. Like, if you come here and you play your first game here, you're going to get the jersey. You don't have to pay for it. You know, those, they treat the families well yeah. and all of that. You were a part of that, yeah. and you came here. You know, you signed as a free agent, and it's more. It's not just about the money. You would have gotten money anywhere, but why did you choose the Flyers, and how do you make that desirable again so players of your ilk can sign here? Yeah, no, when but, the time's right. I mean, there, there's a lot of factors, but one of the factor that was really important was the reputation of the franchise, um, what Mr. Snyder had built, um, and I, I wanted to be part of that. Um, you know, it's it's a really special organization, and the more I, I dug in to find out more, everybody was raving about this organization, how they were treated, how the families were treated, um, how special it was to to wear that uh, orange and black, um, and, and it all started at the top uh, with Mr. Snyder, and I think now with uh, you know Brian Roberts and Dan Hilferty, uh that's what we're uh, we're gonna try to bring back um, and make it again one of the best places to play in the NHL. I, on and uh, off the ice, right? Yeah, on and off the ice is important. Right now we have a lot of work to do on the ice and we realize that, but yeah, our goal is to, to bring it back to where it was. When you look at it, you know, through, you know, when you signed here uh, under Paul Holmgren, mm-hmm. um, the team was coming off obviously their, you know, their worst statistical season in franchise history and Paul Holmgren Signed you, made some pretty savvy moves, trading Peter Forsberg to get the rights to Kimo Tiemann and Scott Hartnell, eventually getting Chris Pronger and, you know, being mm-hmm. really aggressive. Have you thought about, even before this process, about your demeanor as a GM? You know, this yeah. organization's been pretty aggressive. We see a guy like Howie Roseman. Yeah. It's very aggressive. Do, yeah. do you have any sense of what your demeanor will be? Yeah, I, I plan uh, at some point on being aggressive. I, I don't think right now um, it is the right time to be aggressive to acquire uh, the, the, those talents. Um, you know, and we're not positioned right now to to go um, and, and sign some big free agents. Um, you know, it, and I hope it's going to come soon. Um, some of the players will will lead that and, and tell us when it's time, um, and, and I plan to be ready when when the time comes. Uh, I just don't think we're quite there yet. There's there's a lot of things still to be fixed. I think John Tortorella um, is putting in place um, a standard uh, that we're um, all going to follow. Not just not just the players, um, everybody in the, in the organization, um, and, and it will come. But uh, I, I don't feel we're quite there yet. You know, when you look at this draft, you know, a lot of people with the with the new front office structure said, boy, they should make a big splash and move up in the draft. And I say, okay, that's great in theory, but there's also a general manager on the other side. Mm-hmm. Nobody's here to do you any favors. <laughs> Some guys are going to come to you like in like the Godfather yeah, yeah. with a handout saying, hey, Danny, welcome to the league. I'm here to help you. 
which you know there's a lot of guys too that you played with that yeah. know you're not going to be pushed around in that regard because of the way you were as a player. Yeah. What do you anticipate this summer being like with those guys coming to saying, hey, I'm here to help you? <laughs> and I know they're going to try to take advantage of a rookie GM. I yeah. totally get that. <laughs> and um, that's why I got a good staff around me um, to protect against that as well. Um, you know, and I wish it was, you know, easy to um, go to Chicago and say, uh, I want your first pick, yeah. you know, so I, I can pick first overall, <laughs> uh, but it's going to cost a lot. And, um, no, we, we want to do it the right way. And if it makes sense, we'll definitely look into it, but, um, it definitely is not as easy as it sounds from the outside. You're watching these playoffs and, you know, I look at a team like Florida, you know, they got a guy who's a Hart Trophy finalist in Huberto, and they, and they make that trade in the offseason. They get a guy yep. like Matt. They get good. They win a President's Trophy, but they go, we got to be built for the playoffs. Yep. And they go out and they get a Matthew Kachuk, highly skilled, but yep. built for the playoffs, as we're seeing, yep. like you were. Um, building a team with depth is harder now than it's ever been. 32 mm-hmm. teams. There's about 200 players in this league that 15 <laughs> years ago would would have been either in the AHL or the East yep. Coast League. Depth is really difficult. How do you do yeah, it? Yeah, I mean, it, it, and it takes time to, to develop that and, and, and mold them into what you want. And you look at, at Florida. I mean, they had you know, back-to-back years where they had pretty tough loss. Uh, a couple of years ago, I think they lost to Tampa Bay. And, um, you know, it, they were just coming. Everybody felt that it was coming. And last year, they loaded up and, and thought they were going to uh, really make a push, you know, getting you know, Claude Giroux and Sherratt uh, late in the, in the season to, to kind of take him over the edge. And they weren't able to do it. And that was devastating. And then, you know, it seems like they learn from that. And they go out and they make a couple tweaks, bring in a, um, you know, a guy like Kachuk, uh, and, and move out Uberto, um, you know, and, and now it seems to be paying off. So it's it's amazing. Sometimes it's just little tweaks, um, but, uh, you know, you, sometimes you have to take your lumps too first, and yeah. you got to go through some tough times and, and learn how to win uh, before you can win. Um, and it seems to be the case uh, with Florida right now. And that seems to be the case with their goaltender as well. And Bobrovsky's just been unbelievable. And you know him, obviously, uh, from your time in the league. Um, let's let's talk about you know the draft and how you approach this from the seven position. You don't move up, you don't move down. You got seven. You're in a unique draft because it's got tremendous depth. You draft Gauthier last year, yep. and we're going to talk about him in a minute. What he's doing at Worlds, but is it a best player available in a draft like this? Is it you know hey we're drafting seven, all these forwards yeah. are ranked number one. Do we go for the top ranked D instead of the sixth or seventh best ranked forward? Where do, where do you kind of fall in on if we were If we were later in the draft and, you know, the bottom 10 uh, in the first round, I would say maybe you start thinking a little bit about what, what your needs are. At seven in a uh, very top-heavy uh, draft, um, I think it's important to go with the best player. Um, we'll, we'll adjust along the way. Uh, I know, um, you know, we're, we're pretty deep uh, as, as of right now uh, on the right side up front. We're, you know, deep on, on the left side on defense with Sanheim and Provorov. We're, you know, goaltending is, is also, um, we're in a good spot in that way. Um, with the seventh pick, I don't think we can stop and, and just say, okay, we, we need to fill out some position that we don't have enough. Um, I think it's crucial to really get the best player, the player that we feel can can, can turn out to be, um, you know, the, the best player because we don't have a lot of those high-end talent. We've talked about that before. So that's that's critical for us to focus on that more than filling position at this point. Later in the draft, things will change, obviously. Uh, but with number seven, I think it's important to go with the best player. That said, 
if a guy, you know, there's some uncertainty around Matt Vemichkov um, and his availability with his KHL contract. You've used the term, everybody's used the term rebuild. Rebuilds take time. Mm-hmm. If he took three years, is that something that deters you in any way? Because Not at all. Because he's, he's a dynamic player. Yeah, I don't think he's going to be there at mm-hmm. seven. Um, that dynamic, you know, huh? But we're, we're going to... We're going to do our research on him, too. We're going to see, um, get to learn more about him uh, in case. Uh, but I don't expect him to be there uh, at number seven. But f- for sure, we've heard a lot of good things. And it's been a little tougher um, mm-hmm. having the chance to catch him. Uh, we haven't been able to, to see him live because of all the, the situation going on in Russia. Um, but he's, he's certainly someone that's uh, very interesting. Getting to know Jonesy. Um, serious Jonesy, not just, yeah. you know, fleeting passes in the hallway and quips and jokes and all of that, but serious hockey Jonesy. What's that been like? Because, you know, he's a guy that's always presented himself as kind of the funny guy, but there's a serious side to him and a highly intelligent, not just hockey side, but high, highly intelligent person. You just said it, highly intelligent. It's pretty amazing. Um, yes, he's, he's fun to be around. He's energetic. Um, you know, he's one of those guys that you love being around him. Um, but yeah, he, he has a lot of knowledge. Um, he's been covering, you know, the NHL, not just the Flyers, but the NHL for so many years now. He has a lot of contacts. Uh, he knows pretty much every player uh, in the league. So uh, that knowledge will, will be uh, very good for, for us, for the Flyers, for me personally. Um, I'm, I'm super excited to, to have him on board. Um, you know, he's, uh, he, he's going to help a lot. Um, his, his energy will be critical to, to our, our front office. Um, you know, and already I, I knew him before. Uh, always got along great with him. So I, I couldn't be more excited to have him on board. And when things do get tense, he has a way of alleviating tension in a way too. Uh, yeah, I'm sure he's got many ways. I mean, you saw it on TV all the yeah. time. He's he's great at uh, not not just um, you know joking, but also making fun of himself, mm-hmm. uh, taking jabs at other other people. He's good at giving it and t- receiving it. Um, so uh, it's pretty pretty special person to uh, to have with us. I think an important thing too. Torts seem to really understand the fan base and their frustrations. You played here. You understand the fan base and the frustrations. And obviously, Jonesy has been here a long time and did morning radio mm-hmm. next to a guy that, you know, always had uh, kind of the tone of the fan base and the frustration. So having that element, I think, is, is going to be a big thing. He Phil, gets it. He yeah. gets it. And you know what? You know where? Uh, what the, the scary part for the hockey world is losing Jonesy as an analyst on yeah. TV. Um, it's going to hurt the hockey world. Um, you know, for me personally, it's it's great to have him on my team and just you know be able to pick pick his brain. Um, but it's it's a loss for the hockey world. Um, what does the Danny Breer team look like philosophically? What, what's your core beliefs on roster construction? Because this is hard. You have to you have I, I I always term it Danny. You have three elements. You got to nail the roster construction on the ice. You got to nail the professionalism of the players and group off the ice and you got to nail the fiscal part the cap mm-hmm. part yeah. all three of those things have to be done well today's game girl she got no chance what does a danny Breer team look like <laughs> it's it's tough to tell in in the moment i mean i yeah, like everybody else i would love a big fast powerful team yeah. big um, up the middle great know, goal and, and perfect game. defense yeah. exactly yeah. like everybody else uh you know i think some of the players will dictate that um you know would uh, obviously, Cutter Gauthier, the way he's developing, um, you know, that gives us a, a big power forward up front that can 
play center or play on the wing. So you, you start looking at that. Obviously, we we have um, you know some some good young prospects. You're you're building it around the young guys. That kind of is going to dictate a little bit of um, the type of team that you're you're going to look for. But um, it's a little too early to tell exactly you know the type we're we're going to have. But um, I'm a big believer in character as well, um, hockey sense. Um, you know, and a team that can perform uh, in the big moment in, in, in the playoffs, especially you have to get there. That's important too. Yeah. Uh, but it, being able to perform in the playoffs, and uh, you know, you need character for that. Um, let's talk about Cutter Gauthier. He's playing in the worlds, and he's not playing against you know, it's not best on best age. It's playing against NHL players, and this is, you've played in this tournament as well. Uh, so far, through seven games, six goals, eight points. 44 shots on goal. Next closest is 26 shots mm-hmm. in this tournament. And, you know, a willingness to shoot the puck. Matter of fact, this year, 44 shots. Cutter Gauthier, the highest ever in that tournament was Patrick Kane in, in 2018 at 44 shots. Cutter's done it in seven games. That was 10 games for Patrick Kane. But the willingness to shoot, what have yeah. you seen out of him? I, two things, the way he moves on the ice and mm-hmm. where he goes to, and the release just seems yeah. like it's, it's NHL. Legit. Yeah, you're right. I mean, he's first of all, he's a powerful kid, um, very developed. We had him at uh, development camp last year. I mean, we were amazed by uh, the first two strides. You know, yeah. we usually say the first three strides. In this case, two strides, and it, it felt like he was top speed. Um, extremely powerful. Um, and, you know, watched him play quite a bit before the draft, watched him play a lot this year. Um, you know, he's, he's a shooter. He's, he can, he can beat you from anywhere on the ice. Um, reminds me a little bit of uh, how Jeff Carter could beat goalies from the outside yeah. uh, coming down the wing. He has that kind of release, that kind of a snap on, on his uh, shot. So, uh, but, um, he's not afraid to go to the inside. He's a big body. He's strong. Um, no, we have to be careful. We don't want to be, uh, overly excited too quick uh, there's still a long ways to go for him but what he's done in the world championship is, has been really impressive as a 19 year old a little Pacioretty in him some similarities there yeah Pacioretty is a great shooter uh, from the outside I think he has the chance to be even um, you know more powerful than uh, than Patch um, you know I played with him in Montreal mm-hmm. uh, again great shooter great goal scorer um, you know, I, I, I hope that he, he develops, um, you know, the inside game even more. Um, so it's, it's really exciting at this point. But, um, you know, Pacioretty was a pretty good player himself, yeah. and, and hopefully he gets back healthy and gets back to playing soon, yeah, too. Carolina is certainly missing him right now. Mm-hmm. Um, analytics, you know, Kyle Dubas got let go, and, and it made me think of this, but, you know, Torts is an eye test guy. He's got his own analytics, yeah. and he's always – I mean, a big thing for him is scoring chances and how he determines scoring chances. Um, but analytics, how much of that, you know, will be in your decision-making? To me, it's a tool. It can't be religion. It can't be the only thing, but it can be an element that helps. And yeah. I know you've done some of just, that. Just like I, yeah, and just like I said, uh, just like the eye test, um, you know, can't be everything. Um, you know, and so uh, you, you put everything together, um, you know, the stats, the analytics, the eye test. Uh, how players um, perform; those, there's, they all come together. But analytics will will play a big role. Um, I, I believe in that. Um, you know, where we try to promote it um, 
from our staff too. Um, I know Torts has said he's, he's a big believer in the eye test. Uh, hopefully, his, and we know his assistant coach used a little bit more analytics. Um, you know, and it's it's more than that. Analytics is also helping us um, develop. You know, off ice. Um, maybe programs or how guys can get better uh, training. They help out with the draft. They help out with different departments. Um, they can help you plan a practice better. Yeah, and, you know, developing players mm-hmm. um, that are coming up. So th- th- there's so many areas that analytics can help us more than than just a game. Um, you know, that's the first thing we think about is uh, analytics. How What does it say about the game that we just played? But it, it's more than that. There's so many other areas that – that it helps us and will help us moving forward. Um, you know, jumping into this, I remember when you retired, you kind of started on the business side and you popped up in our radio meetings and we're going, whoa, what's Danny doing here? <laughs> um, but you've gone through this from the business side into the hockey side. I mean, you've done it all, player development. You were on the bench for a, a, a game or two with Ian LaPerriere. In Lehigh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so you've seen it from all angles, but, uh, you know, this is a big, big job. There's only 32 of these. How much, you know, in your conversations with Misha, your wife, and having her as a support system is, is going to be critical for you, isn't it? It will be. There's, there's no doubt about that. Behind um, every great him, man, there's a better woman. Exactly. <laughs> and, uh, you know, her story is even more amazing than mine. Um, but, uh, you know, you need support. You need help. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at home, uh, also here in the front office, um, that's why, uh, you know, Dan Hilferty and Keith Jones being on board will be a huge help uh, as well, personally. And last thing for you, you know, we're in the off-season mode now. Next big date's the draft coming up at the end of June and free agency. And then it's cottage season and everybody kind of <laughs> bunkers away a little bit, getting ready for the season. But, you know, you have this summer. You had a little bit of runway before with the end of the season, but you have this summer. Are you almost chomping at the bit? to get to the draft and get all this stuff going so no i actually it's funny i'm right now we're into everything guy, right man. we're um we're going through you know restructuring kind of everything in the front office and figuring out you know who's moving forward who are we adding and stuff like that we're also preparing for the draft there's been many talks with different gms about where everybody's planning on going and what's available what's out there um i'm actually really enjoying that this time of the year um you know i haven't started thinking to me what i'm doing is is not a job it's it's a passion um i'm having a blast i love coming to the rink every day so um you know cottage time will come later this summer but i haven't started thinking about that yet yeah, see i'm already miserable without the grind of the full 82 and the structure that goes with it but but i'm not making trades and building around <laughs> evaluating everything like you are danny um thanks for doing this man i really appreciate it uh thank I know you people jason are really excited there's definitely an error that this is new and and you know it's going to be different so thanks for doing this and thank you and we're, we're trying we're trying to change that change the mentality bring some enthusiasm some hope um into you know the new era of the flyers so thank thanks for having me great to talk to danny briere best player available in the draft he didn't seem like he was shying away from matvey mishkov as well now i didn't think mishkov will be there at seven but that's something uh That was uh, very interesting to me. I know a lot of people have debated that because of some uncertainty around Mishkov, and the Flyers don't pick again as of now until the third round. So thanks to Danny Briere for taking the time this week to talk to us and as we count down the days to the NHL draft. But everybody, enjoy your Memorial Day weekend. Have a safe one. Enjoy the time. And we will talk to you Monday on Memorial Day 
with another brand new edition of Flyers Daily.